strapped in the trenches Making moves going all out Every day handle business You know that the hustle don't stop Got my team, let's get it Reviewing books and talk stocks Steady keep it moving So you gon' wanna tune in Get Lowdown, it's an app Get local food on demand Delivery right to your home Everything in the palm of your hand Took hard work and dedication Come through, join the conversation This is history up in the making We just wanna be an inspiration Hey, let's go Welcome to another edition of Bootstrapped in the Trenches, first ever of 2020. It's a new decade. Happy New Year, everybody. With that, we are going into habits and routines. But before we get in the nitty gritty of all that, we're obviously going to have Dan with Food News of the Week and Corey's Food for Thought as we get rocking here in the Roaring Twenties. How's it going, Dan? That's good. Um, Not to throw you off here but don't we usually start off with our Sunday well, I was you interrupted me I was of course gonna bring prelude with that but you uh, beat me to it go for it all right well first off I have to say that I'm not actually participating in our nightly order delivery and see who gets it first I, I have to admit that I know well no it's just like I got home at 4 30 I hadn't eaten all day and like I literally just needed to get food, and I had to order Jersey Mike's to get to my place while I was getting there. And dude, I would not have been able. Well, to Well, it sounds like you have to pull a Mike Roland special here and pull a second delivery because yeah, that's what I was, that's what that's what I was just thinking. Like throughout the next ten minutes, I am going to order something just to kind of get on board here. And Dan, how but, about your Sunday night food coma last night? So yeah, we went to mom and dad's. She made a delicious what seemed to be a really healthy spaghetti shrimp dish. Delicious. And then, yeah, it was really, it was delicious. And she made two different types oh, of spaghetti, the green spaghetti and the black spaghetti. Spinach, spinach and squid egg. It was, Corey, you would have approved. <laughs> it was phenomenal. This was definitely a Corey type of meal. Oh man, there was like this superfood yeah. salad to start off. You would have yeah, been like, oh, okay, I'm in. It was healthy. Yeah. So that that sounded good. And what else and is up? That, I mean, the thing that I love about going to dinner at mom and dad's is they always do dessert, and I just love it. Well, you're it's sweet too, Dan. I'm sweet too, Dan. I didn't really like the pie. They had two pies last night. I'm not a pecan guy, and I'm not really a lemon guy well, either. That, that, <laughs> that other one wasn't a pie. It was a Danish. So that was, that was like a blown-up donut that was, I think, frozen, and then it wasn't homemade, that Danish. That's why yeah, I didn't so even I, dabble. I went with the ice cream. Yeah, Grater's ice cream, Dan. Probably the best in the country, right? Unbelievable. <laughs> there is a lot of sugar in there. That's why it's so good. <laughs> That's probably why I woke up like feeling extremely groggy this morning. There you go. But what do you get there? It happens. Yeah. It's Sunday night. Made, Corey, uh, exactly. oh, how about your food, Kama? I actually made uh, this like, cauliflower gnocchi. It's pretty boring, but it was awesome. I made a huge ribeye for myself, and I just killed the whole thing to my Whoa. face. It was awesome. Uh, and then, yeah, then I had pink berry for dessert. Oh, baby. Top it off. Yeah. It's kind of nice. Well, you and your yeah. pink berry, is that turning into a Sunday night, night ritual, Corey? I, I never thought of that for you. Denver, and now it's pink berry here. <laughs> yeah. And then. Well, I don't blame you for switching. Yeah, today, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm still feeling the effects. Kind of on fire. So I had to switch things up. And uh, I'm at a Starbucks right now. But I'm going to go home and order some food in a bit. Yeah. The thing is, is that I worked from here today, so I had it this morning. 
Well, Corey, have you thought about the breakfast sandwiches? Just grabbing a couple right now? Because I, I go with that all the I time mean, I've for had delivery. sandwiches in a day, but not morning and night. Oh, wow. Have you ever done the double, yeah. like where you've done morning and night with that? <laughs> it's, it's a lot of Starbucks. Breakfast yeah, breakfast that would be a first, uh, Corey Aronson. That would be a new Corey Aronson special. Wow. Breakfast and Brenner. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, Mike, what what'd you order tonight? I ordered Burger Fi. I actually placed an advanced order, my usual well-done quinoa veggie burger with fried egg, jalapenos, and grilled mushrooms on there. And I'll obviously do a Mike Rowland special. I'll either get a uh, Cauli Flower pizza or some Hooters wings, maybe. We'll see how I'm feeling in about an hour. Nice. <clears throat> I actually found this really cool video yesterday and it was like someone video that someone made for burger fi mm-hmm. and it was just of their custard and it was oh. like these slow motion action shots showing the custard <laughs> being made and poured into a cup and like that slithering way it was so tasty looking that's awesome All right, food news for the week. So, as usual, most of the major players made the news, but honestly, it was kind of all fucked up. So, a DoorDash driver was shot and killed at Denny's in Virginia, and the people, like the murderers, haven't even been caught yet. There's like a footage that I was watching of these two dudes that walk into a Denny's, like basically with masks on, and... I don't know. It's messed up. Like I, I couldn't help but think. Just imagine if that happened to one of our drivers. Like that would be the most insane thing ever. Like it would be so fucked up. Well, I think when you think about that, that's a numbers game. I mean, that guy happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, yeah. and it had nothing to do with delivery. No, of course. Like it was at a restaurant, so it's not like he was shot up at the no, house. Of course, it's just crazy. It's just you know what I mean. Like imagine, uh, and you're. See, it is crazy, but when I hear that, it's not, like, shocking. No. It's like, oh, some guy got shot up at a restaurant in some random town in Virginia. No, yeah, no, that's not even what I mean. Like, you're right. It's not shocking at all. I more mean, imagine just putting yourself in the position of, you know, one of the founders of DoorDash. And I guess when they're at that level, it's just different, and they have different departments that deal with these types of things. I doubt the guy even cares. That's the, he's indifferent. Well, to I it. couldn't help. We're obviously in a different situation, but that guy is so disconnected from a specific market. I definitely couldn't help but just imagine that happening to us, and it would be a, a wild event for every single person involved in our company. There's no doubt about it. I, I don't think it would be as eventful as you. Think. Not eventful, but it would be all right. Let me, well, it would be a you know it would be a, a murder case that was I mean it depends on the circumstance it would be obviously devastating but I think that's one of those things that's kind of you know it's bound to happen at a scale unfortunately just like you see with the Uber assaults the last few years of course that's going to happen yeah. it's human nature yeah so then the next thing I was going to say that also made headlines was an Uber each driver was stabbed to death in London and. You know, just same type of situation. It was just crazy how like both of those things happened within a week. Because obviously, we're looking up these news reports all the time. A for this podcast, but also just to keep tabs on our competitors. And normally, 
it's normally like kind of things we could laugh at, like people taking fries out of delivery bags that for whatever reason make headline news. But these types of things are just wild. Like my heart goes out to these people. It's crazy. Well, yeah, it sucks. I mean, that always is, it's not like, it's unfortunate we're at a time when I see that and it used to impact me way more, trust me. Like a decade and a half ago when we first started hearing about these things. And then recently it's almost like you just, I don't want to stay immune to it, but every day there's something somewhere. And like we've talked about, it's actually not as crazy as you think. No, I just want to make myself clear. I don't find the situations themselves to be crazy as much as just the idea of that exact situation happening to someone on our team. Like that's just what I would find crazy. Well, on our team, you're right. That would be fucked yeah. up. But and keep in mind also, these are not even employees. Uh, so we're talking about a, a, a contractor that is freelancing orders. And yeah, you're right. It sucks that that happened. But when you put yourself in a, a CEO of DoorDash's shoes, I don't want to speak for the guy, but I'd be shocked if he shed a tear over that. Corey, what do you think? Uh, <laughs> that's just, that's <yeah>. cold. <laughs> is, is it though? Like we're talking about a company that, Ha- is in co- cities all over the country. He's never had contact with the person. Right, let me just killed. say, I can say that in let confidence. Let me just say that when you say shed a tear, <laughs> I agree. I don't actually think he shed a tear. But is that cold? Like, well, come on, I'm being realistic. No, but I'm saying, that. like, shedding a tear. That expression kind of to me makes it seem like it, it wasn't even brought up to him. Like he doesn't even know about it. And that's where I, I literally think he, that's just something that's part of the game at that level they're at, you know, that you deal with that, that stuff happens. Just like the assaults you have, you're all over the country dealing with people that let's be real, the vetting process. I mean, Corey, what's your thought with process with that? That's a whole nother conversation, but. I think that just makes them implement some kind of feature for safeties for their drivers. I think it's something he definitely hears about. Um, Does he shut a tear? Is he sad? I'm sure he doesn't really care, but I think it's something that he's, obviously doesn't want to happen and doesn't want to happen again. So he's going to, you know, implement something that makes their drivers more safe. But what do you, how do you prevent a robbery at a restaurant? Like, are we talking about our main drivers? No, no, like a feature on the app. But no, didn't this guy basically show up at Denny's and then it got the the place basically got robbed. It sounds like. So how do you prevent that? Yeah. So maybe, or maybe there's like a 911 button on the app where it just alerts, you know, obviously this guy's screwed either way, but there's could be something to possibly prevent it or even prevent any well, of that. Kind of interesting. See, no, yeah. to me, it's just sort of interesting because it goes so hand in hand with the other thing that's going on with these major lawsuits that not lawsuits, but everything that's happening in California. And for the listeners out there, it's essentially been this constant battle of California trying to lead the movement of making these people actually employees and not independent contractors or on-demand workers. And if you think about how these types of situations would play out, if these people were employees and not contractors, it kind of gives you sort of a, a, I guess the way I look at it is I understand why these companies are fighting those laws so hard because DoorDash, for example, would be in a much more difficult situation than they're in right now if one of their employees got murdered on the job. I mean, and then again, they'd be insured for it, so it'd all work itself out. But there's no doubt that like it removes liability away. And, it, and I think 
that's where when these people aren't actually employees, like there's nothing to really protect them in these situations in terms of like, you know, the insurance, what actually happens in the real world if someone gets murdered. Usually companies insured, workman's comp, things are like going to make sure that whatever is going into that incident is essentially paid for. But some random independent contractor gets shot in Denny's He doesn't have that at all. And that's where, you know, that's why these battles are going on at such a high level. If you break it down, these independent, these drivers that, you know, work for all these companies are seeing so much crazy shit that's happening because they're out and about all the time. That's where I think like there could be a feature on their app that, you know, I don't know, they like videotape something, but they're, they're seeing more than the average person because they're going into interesting neighborhoods or going into restaurants, sometimes lower end restaurants to pick up food and sometimes more dangerous settings. I feel like there could be something that they have on their app to alert someone. So maybe we're talking about the whole surveillance debate. Is that going to be something rolled out soon where there's always eyes on somebody, just like in a casino where you're an Uber driver with an app and you're, you're seeing everything. I mean, I think what Corey's saying I mean, is such an obvious thing that's going to get announced like any day where yeah, Uber is going to come mean, out. Go ahead. There's, you guys have the uh, Citizen app. The Citizen app is pretty much on demand. Any person can download it. And if there's a fire, I can go out and film the fire. And it's live people streaming news. Some big company just acquired, I forgot, but like something like that, you know, if Uber drivers have the ability or someone else. Yeah, I was almost thinking just like a button, an emergency button that, you know. Yeah, emergency button. Yeah, Yeah, but but, uh, yeah, I mean, the only other thing in the news that's, I mean, I'll add in that Grubhub driver assaults Burger King employees, which is just like nowhere near on the level of any of these things, but kind of weird. But anyway, Grubhub, their stock has been up 44% since it had that tank of a quarter and it's mainly on merger and acquisition rumors. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with them over the next, like literally a couple of weeks. Cause something's, something's something brewing. I, there's no doubt. I think about something's it. brewing. I think we'll, something I think is we'll brewing. hear about something any day. Like our next podcast, uh, I think my prediction, that's a bit premature. I, I was going to say my prediction is not the next one, but the one after that before two podcasts from now, one of the major companies are going to actually get acquired in our space. That's my prediction. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, within bold. the next two weeks. I like it. I'm going to take the over on that one. All right. <laughs> That's it. I love it. I, no, I think it's happening soon. I just – I don't see it being that quickly. We'll, we'll see. But it's definitely possible. That would be awesome. Yeah. I think that actually helps us personally. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it would just yeah shake things up. But, yeah, that's all I got for the news. Corey? Cool. So um, with Super Bowl coming up, I wanted to talk about wings. So I wanted to talk about Korean wings versus American wings. Have you guys, either of you had Korean rider wings? Oh, absolutely. Love them. Yeah, they're some of my favorite. So, I mean, I just want to talk about some of the differences, but uh, I did want to point out that um, one and a half billion chicken wings are expected to be consumed this upcoming Super Bowl. And I didn't want to know where, wow. where you guys rank um, Super Bowl. Like, do you rank your Super Bowl feast along with July 4th or Thanksgiving? Where does it stand with as, as far as your feast go, your annual feast? I think it almost is number two next to Thanksgiving for me. 
Yeah, I think me too. Yeah, like we. You know, it de- it depends. I think it depends on what's going on, like my surroundings, because I think that used to be like the number one thing for me back in the day in college, way more. And lately, it has not even been a top five. Ooh, interesting. But uh, what? Yeah, like I think that depends on who you're with on the day. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a day where I definitely indulge in Americanized food. Always pizza, wings, nachos. You know, I'm never really eating that stuff. Well, wings all the time. But other than that, the other stuff, I don't eat as often. But Super Bowl, I eat all of it. Yeah, it's a great cheat day where you just go to town. Tell me about these Korean wings. Yeah, so the main difference between Korean wings and American wings, uh, one, Korean wings are way smaller. They're fried twice, which obviously is insane. It makes the skin way crispier. And they use potato starch also, which makes it the skin as crispy as possible. So you're getting like a super crispy skin, but the inside isn't like dry. It's very moist. And that's that's the main difference. When American wings, when they like over fry them, they're very dry in the middle. Um, and American wings, they really concentrate on a thicker batter. So you get like, you know, a much heavier skin. And I don't know, to me, the, the chicken's not as good, but I'm a big buffalo sauce guy. So I, I love both of them. I don't know which, I think I prefer, I prefer buffalo sauce, but I prefer Korean style wings more. Is there a chance that Korean style wings are not actually chicken? And that's why they're fried twice. And there's like a whole thing going on with that. <laughs> it's very possible. <laughs> like, what, what are, chicken or what are chicken. we talking about right now? Like, this place is frying their wings to the point of disguising what the meat is. What is that meat? Koreans, I, like, they're known. Is it dog? They're known. Is it they're dog? known for some shit. I, I don't know if that's actually chicken. And that's where anytime I see, whether it's on a Chinese menu or a Korean menu, wings. It's like, what are you doing with wings? Like, I want sesame chicken or dumplings. Uh, it's it's. Weird. But Corey has a point. Korean wings are phenomenal. Whether oh, it's really? whether it's chicken or chicken. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, it's something. I can go in my yeah. refrigerator right now and find something two months old that is growing shit on it and put it in the deep fryer twice. That's going to taste unbelievable. <laughs> like, you put anything in a deep fryer twice and it's going to taste really, really good. So, I, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna I'm gonna have to try some Korean wings because I, I love fried yeah, food. Yeah, I think you'll get hot. Probably, I'm, I'm a fried food guy. Yeah. Hey, I might get some wings tonight. Now, now you're now I'm craving them. Yeah. So I mean, that's it this week with food news. Fun food fact though is that nothing to do with the Super Bowl. Did you know that fortune cookies are actually made in San Francisco? No, I did. We we did a foodie trivia on that uh, a few months back. I didn't know that. That was one of the questions to the uh, customers. You know that was a good one, Corey. Now that you yeah. just said that, I was in Asia. I was in China for a month, and I didn't even think about it at the time. But there was not one fortune cookie. Now that I'm thinking back, they do yeah. not do fortune cookies there. Yeah. American invention. American invention. Yeah. Wow, that's a fun fact. Yeah. So, and guys, with that, I, I want to start, we're doing a new thing going into the new year, like we all discussed. Before we get into what's going on with the business, I wanted to talk to you guys about our first book. We're going to be doing a book of the week, everybody, for our listeners, if you want to read along, uh, where we just highlight a book that we all agreed on reading that we felt would impact people personally, professionally, really doesn't matter. It could impact you any way you really want. 
Uh, the first one was Ride of a Lifetime by the CEO of Disney, Robert Eager. If, I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, but uh, it was a pretty interesting read. And uh, I want to get your thoughts, Dan. Let's start with you. I mean, all right. Well, first off, that guy, what I really loved about the book the most is just how optimistic and positive he made me feel reading that book and how much he reinforced the power of optimism and positivity. And he talked about it in such an elevated way. And it was almost something that I think all of us needed to hear. I wish we could have Bob read that book, our dad, because it's just like the way that that guy would talk about specific things. He essentially has this mentality where you want to be realistic and transparent, but there's a way to do it in an optimistic way where you're not afraid to take chances and you're not afraid to continue the journey and hence the name. But I mean, the parts of the book that really stuck out to me the most, I'll kind of go through them with you right now. I mean, the first thing was Bob's relationship with Steve Jobs. And I'm sure, yeah, we'll all talk about it a little bit. I mean, just imagine you're literally about to buy one of the most powerful up-and-coming companies in the world that, you know, is essentially going to redefine Disney. And one of the things I didn't really realize until I read this book, and part of it was because I was just young and don't think about these things at the time, but Disney was really struggling as a company. And they were definitely starting to go through a stretch where they were on the verge of losing really everything that they were because they weren't keeping up with the times. And the way that whole chapter, when he talks about buying Pexar, and I'm not even going to get into how it all came, but more so when he goes to see Steve Jobs and Steve Jobs is like, let's go for a walk. And we all know Steve Jobs is notorious for the walks around the Apple campus. And that's where I'll have these meetings. And he sits Bob down on that bench. He puts his arm around him and he tells him that he's dying. And it was literally within a couple hours of them announcing the deal to the public. And he was giving Bob a chance to back out of the deal because Steve Jobs was no longer really going to be involved long term. It was such a dramatic chapter and it was so emotional. And then you kind of fast forward a few years when eventually he meets up with the wife, Steve Jobs' wife, Bob's does, and she tells him how he comes home that day. And she's like, so did you tell him? And his response was, I love that guy. And just like those two had such a special bond and it was really cool. So that was one of the things I just found most fascinating about the book. I'm curious what you guys thought about that. I have a couple other things, but just that yeah. specifically. That was actually my Corey? that was actually my biggest takeaway that I, I wrote is uh, is optimism, and it's actually my resolution for the new years to be as optimistic as possible. Um, but there's a bunch of things that stood out to me, um, and that he said. Let's see, I, one of the coolest things I thought was that his uh, process when he decided to um, streamline decision making and he took it down from like 55 people to 15 people in order to make a decision. Um, I thought that was awesome because we all know when you're in a corporate setting, we actually don't know, but it get, takes so many meetings to get one thing done 
and that really bothered him and he hated it. So he really just cut the process by more than in half. And I thought that was one of the coolest things. Um, he said, innovate or die, uh, take responsibility when you screw up, always own your mistakes. Um, it's impossible to avoid them, but it's, it's, possibly, it's possible to acknowledge them and learn from them. And it's okay to be wrong sometimes. Um, I mean, he took so many gambles year after year. It was insane to see. And like Dan said, I mean, I didn't realize how much Disney was struggling because I think I was so young at the time. And we kind of saw Disney at, at the rise when, you know, I was young in the 2000s, a little bit earlier. But I mean, it's Disney's always been on top in my mind. And I didn't realize how much they're actually struggling, you know, at the core. I just found that fascinating. I mean... Yeah, no, I'm def I'm definitely with you on that. It was, uh, yeah, and I know, Mike, you probably have some stuff to say about the whole risk taking thing. So I remember that was the first thing I literally said when I finished reading the book when we were in Mexico, and I think I looked up to you and Dad. You, you were both next to me, and I was like, "It's crazy the amount of like the big, big risks this guy would take." And my dad had such an interesting point. Mike, you can go into it. Well, yeah, that I'll go into that at first where basically – and, yeah, I was thinking a lot about that during it, how many risks this guy took with other people's money. And, you know, we're in this position with our own money and our own time and resources making decisions. And it made me wonder like, oh, I already look at myself as ballsy. I wonder what it would be like managing hundreds of millions of other people's dollars making decisions. I actually – I'm not saying it would be – any what easier. I think that's actually a different level of stress yeah. and a, a different train of thought completely, like managing other people's money. So I, I kind of sat on that because at first I was like, oh, it's easy for this guy to say he took these risks with someone else's money. But when you really think about it, that in itself is very stressful. Like you're, you have people's livelihoods on the line with a lot of their net worth yeah, a lot of and yeah. it's, on you, it's on you to lead that ship. So I think that has its ups and downs, just like not having to deal with those board of directors. Like, you know, the boat we're in where we might not have the ample resources, but we also don't have those people to report to if shit hits the fan. Yeah, and like his wife said in the book, she actually said, you know, the average CEO lasts four years. So why not take, take that risk? I forgot. I think at the time it was about buying Pixar. And, you know, yeah, yeah he was compliment, compliment yeah. And I think the big thing that I really took from that, though, more than anything, was that when he highlighted that you can look at all the data in the world and it helps, yeah. but nothing beats intuition. For sure. Yep. Yeah. And that's that, when I saw that, that really summed up everything. The optimism, without a doubt, the taking risks. But when you really break that brass tacks down, I think that's when a lot of people overthink things when they know what they have to be doing. Like we've kind of shifted gears with our business now. Our guts told us, "What? wait, these meet traditional mediums for advertising isn't working. So why are we doing it? Yeah. Where I think a lot of people just are afraid of change and actually embracing it and executing on that. So yeah. that's, that's the real underlying theme I took from that book is he followed his intuition a lot and ended up being right more than wrong. That's why he succeeded. Definitely. Yeah. The other thing that not even interesting. It was almost like a breath of fresh air in such a big way. So the whole chapter where he goes over the acquisition, the acquisition of George Lucas's Star Wars films, 
it was incredible because I guess it was the first time I started to understand how artists look at their work in a completely different way than people who start businesses and possibly get these, you know, eight, nine figure paydays one day. These people care so much about their actual creation and what it is and their legacy. And it's almost like, I don't know, when they went over the way he was dealing with George Lucas, you know, that guy was beyond paid. He was obviously about to get billions of dollars for selling Star Wars family and plus generations to come. They were going to be set for life. But yet there was this hesitation. Just He was so attached to something that was more than a business. It was like his world. It was something he created. And that's where I started to fall in love with just the whole notion of Disney and like what they stand for, even though Star Wars was separate until they bought them. But it's like all the people that they would talk about from the employees at Pexar's to just the different people they would bring in – they were obsessed with just keeping things the way they were in terms of like being these creative gurus. And I just thought it was so cool that it seemed like they put that stuff way above money. And that's what I thought was a breath of fresh air. So many people, I feel like, or at least the narrative is everyone, you know, has these companies and they get these paydays or whatever. But in that specific realm, when you're talking about, producing movies and like coming up with characters the money was always such an afterthought in these monster negotiations and i just thought that was really well, interesting. Yeah. he said that too it's about the journey not the at the outcome he definitely highlighted that at some point so when you think about it even in our creative process when we're talking about all this content we're starting to build putting together packages all these different things that's in itself art so that's really, when you think about those things, that's why when you highlight a business, someone getting bought for a ton of money, it depends what we're really talking about. Because a lot of people are attached to what they built and the way it was built. And, you know, that's where he was dealing with a lot of those in these negotiations. Yeah, I guess but, yeah. I guess I couldn't help but kind of compare it to uh, Travis Kalanick and his recent departure slash, you know, major payday from Uber. Where – and. I, but he didn't start Uber. Well, he didn't start Uber. That's true. So Star George Lucas, like when you really think about Star Wars, it's like such a unique anomaly. That's kind of what I mean. What we're talking about yeah. here. Like what he built. That's not like a normal type of acquisition. You know what I mean? Like when you really think about Big that, like it's so his, crazy. It bought his brain pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean – his universe, like his imagination is what they bought when you really break it down. So that's why he was so attached. Like, yo, this is my legit, like Corey just said, my brain and everything in there. So that's like not even a business to him. Yeah, you're right. But I guess I, the way I was looking at it was I think there's a lot of people in that realm of the world specifically, like who are movie producers or writers and you're right, George Lucas is probably one of the most notorious, but like anyone that does that type of work for a living probably has a similar attachment in a way that's way different than I think other attachments to other companies. I could be wrong now. I don't, I don't know. It's just it, it, reading about it, it, it hit home in terms of it just it seems like it was a different type of attachment. Well, yeah, he's like the Michael Jordan of creation. So when you think about it, that's like not a, a norm. It's like a Steve Jobs situation. 
those are in like those are once in a generational, if that type of situations. Yeah, definitely. Like Star Wars, Star Trek, there aren't many of those types of things where people are cult like followers forever in many different generations For of sure. people too. Not just like our age or you know, it's crazy. Yeah, I love I love the fact that Steve Jobs hated all of that stuff. <laughs> Because I personally am not big on Marvel or Star Wars. And uh, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you on that stuff. I've never been into that myself, Corey. But yeah, it was funny seeing how he hated comics. Because yeah. I was cracking up and I'm like, yeah, I've never liked reading comics myself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, anytime Steve Jobs was mentioned in that book, it was just awesome stuff. Like, it was great material whenever they bring him up. Because that guy is just. You know, he's such an interesting dude. You know what I mean? I know. I love when, uh, sorry, when Bob Iger, he, when he called Steve Jobs to let him know that he took over for CEO, and Steve Jobs was just like, it's cool for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, he was a unique gut breed. And speaking of that, uh, uh, guys, let's dive into personal habits and routines. Since it is a new year, a lot of people – you know, there's New Year's resolutions. People are really emphasizing their daily habits, maybe tweaking some things. Corey, let's start with you. Yeah. What, um, what's your first 90 minutes of your day like? So the only thing that changes, I'm pretty, I'm a routine guy. I've always been the same. But um, I wake up, I'll go to the gym, and then pick up the newspaper. I, I do the daily news for the sports section and uh, the New York Times. And I read those front to back. And then I answer emails and get coffee. That's how I start my day every day. The only difference is sometimes I'll get coffee, read the newspaper, and then go to the gym. But for me, love it. How long have you been doing that for? I mean, since the Denver days. At ballpark lofts. Yeah. I mean, it's much easier than having a gym in the apartment. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Wait, it hasn't changed. How often do you go to the gym before getting your coffee? Um, most of the time. So I usually get the coffee on my way home. I, but I take like a pre-workout. It's kind of the same thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. And Corey, you mentioned uh, your New Year's resolutions to be more optimistic. So you're big on be on New Year's resolutions. I'm not. I'm not a resolution guy. But uh, okay. when I was reading this book, I, it, it really stood out to me. Just to, I, you know, I really hit home. I need to be more optimistic in general with life, business, mm. personal health, everything. And um, uh-huh. I was like, you know what? I never make resolutions. I'm going to make a resolution. It's something that I can really stick by. And that's something I want to stick by. So that's why I did that for myself. But I, I never made – the only other resolution I've ever made is like read more, um, which this will also – I'll knock that out as well. But, yeah, I'm not a big resolution guy, but I'm going to hold on to this one. Well, uh, Yeah. Those seem like realistic resolutions too. It's not like you're like stating something that's not even a resolution and more a pipe dream. Yeah, it's like I'm not going to be like, oh, I want to lose ten pounds. I want to travel more. It's like there's a whole yeah. territory. Yeah, I'm I'm with that completely. How about you, Dan? For New Year's resolutions or for routine? Your start with the routine. My routine's very similar to Corey's, except I always get so I'll wake up usually around seven o'clock and I'll take miles out and we'll go for a little walk. And on the way back from our walk, I'll stop into Starbucks with miles and get coffee. 
And then, you know, I like to watch the stock market open and kind of just sip my coffee and I'll just, you know, I go back and forth between I'm trying to get in the habit of not checking any emails till after the gym, but I rarely do that. Normally, as soon as I get back from Starbucks, I'm drinking my coffee, watching the market open, getting my emails organized. And as soon as I'm done with the coffee, I go to the gym. And yeah, that's basically my first 90 minutes. The other thing that I really... And how about... Well, no, go for no, it. The other thing that I like to do a lot, it's not as consistent as working out, but I try and do it at least four days a week is, well, two different things. I'm big on going to yoga. I'll do that usually like in the early evening around five or six o'clock, do doubles where I'll go to the gym in the morning and that in the afternoon. But I also love going to the gym at night just to do like a whole sauna, hot tub, steam room session. Like I could spend a couple hours in there. I find it to be the most relaxing part of my day. I'll leave the phone in the locker and, you know, I'll literally just stay in there mm. as long as I can. It's great. That's awesome. And how, how about any New Year's resolutions? Thoughts on all no, that? No, I don't, you know, no thoughts. I don't really make resolutions. I just, I'm trying to just stay stay focused, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, makes sense. Yeah. What about you? Uh, yeah. Uh, first 90 minutes I wake up and I, I've always, I've done this for the past like four or five years. I get right in an ice shower for 30 seconds, like instantly. It's the first thing I do with my first, like any point of clarity where I have like a thought and I'm like, I got to hop in and kill myself for a second. Uh, Tim Cause I kind of, well, no, I learned that from uh, Tony Robbins. Like I got that from, because I realized the whole mentality of like doing something really painful right away. It's really tough to get harder than that, like starting the day off. So I, it's really helped me just constantly like build these challenging habits that have just turned into routine. So I'll do that, brush my teeth, and then I meditate for 20 minutes then I'll go grab a coffee from downstairs since there's a coffee machine in my lobby where I'm at right now. And I'll read for an hour, usually on my Kindle, whatever I'm reading. Well, I know it was right of the lifetime this week. We've got 11 rings, Phil Jackson. I actually just started that this morning. Good read. Loving it so like, far. What time do you wake up? And 5.30. And then after that, I go to the, right to the gym. So that's usually my, it's not my first 90 minutes. It's really my first like two hours and 45 minutes. But that's that way by like, you know, by 9am, I'm like completely like already done with my own personal bullshit and I could take on whatever's coming in. So that's the, that's been my daily thing. It's a pretty aggressive slash dominant routine. I got to say. Yeah, I've tried. I mean, you know. It definitely works, but I just I can't stick to it. Oh, it sucks, but it's actually I've gotten to the point with it now. I've done it for so long that it's not even anything anymore. And you say yeah. like for it's really seconds. Yeah. yeah, so I've done that, and it really it's it, oh talk about like it just gets you popping immediately. It does. You're like oh yeah, yeah. We should actually it'd be funny doing a video of that, not like showing me butt naked, but like the whole like video audio of like morning routines. It's like ice shower. Oh yeah. Like one of those things. I think that'd be a funny thing to do for like bootstrapped in the trenches, just as like a, you know, something we get edited. Yeah. That'd be a good TikTok. yeah I like it. Right. That'd be a great. TikTok. Yeah. Of course. I was thinking about that this morning. Actually. I was like, how could we do that'd that? It'd be a really easy TikTok to make too. Right. Definitely. 
I could, yeah. 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 Um, but guys, with that, exciting times going on. We have uh, a lot of good stuff with the business. Dan, you want to start going over the rewards program a bit? Yeah. It's about to roll out. Yeah, I mean, I know we talked about it for the first time on this podcast, I think probably like five weeks ago. But basically what it is is we are going to be rewarding customers for ordering from us, and they're going to get points every time they order from us. And one of the things that is – I'm going to just dive into all the different things that are really cool about it. So – the first thing that's really cool about it is we've created these different levels. So the more customers order, the more they actually start to earn back for each dollar. And, you know, it just is going to reward the more frequent customers. It's awesome. And then I love so yeah. And then I think we have, and we're still ironing out the details for this, and we'll obviously have to go over it more on the call tomorrow. But if we have like seven total levels, we had talked about naming them after like things based on the food chain of what people eat. So like the highest level could be a lobster. The lowest level could be like a cricket. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? By the way. I'll, I'll talk about it tomorrow, but what, I, I what is it? Hero because like Italian sub hero. And then also like. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. I like that. Cause you, yeah. And you're also a hero. Yeah. Dude, by the way, Mike and I, Tried one. crickets in Mexico. They were so fucking gross. I will never eat those again. Like I, I thought yeah. that it was going to be some new movement that was happening, and then I tried it, and I was like, "Oh, this isn't happening." Oh, it, it's <laughs> happening. It's just keep in mind we're uh, they haven't like perfected like what to do with them yet. They'll be again. Good spices help a lot. Where it's just like we did not that show that stuff was bland as hell. They had nothing. It's in just it. funny because the people who are bullish on the whole cricket thing. And I get it. It's an environment thing, so it will happen. But it's funny when people compare it to the early days of sushi. And it's like, no, no, no. Sushi is delicious. And whether people thought it looked gross, like it's the most tasty thing in the world. So, yeah. But anyway, back to the rewards. We're also – and this is what the other thing we have to – like this is basically the last thing we have to do before this goes live. We have to fill up the store. So I think part of what's going to make this awesome is having a really, really big store of like 70 different things because it'll create buzz. And I also think our rewards point is something we can make like a really cool animated whiteboard video with where we have someone like explaining it on a whiteboard, you know, but like, yeah. like a UPS. Thing. Yeah. 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 I think we could do that and um, have a whole thing with that, which would be really cool. But yeah, basically people will be able to use their points in the store and we'll have anything from free credit that they could just use towards orders to, you know, a flight on Southwest or a ski pass in Colorado. Yep. Or like, and this is, it's on us to come up with some things. Like we should. No, I love how Anthony like connected right to Amazon store, like the web market where we could just select yeah. things. That's going to be phenomenal when you really think about it. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. Game changing. Yeah. So yeah, I'm definitely... I'm pumped, man. I think we got some cool things going on. What'd you guys think? And obviously it's not done yet. I'm curious to see what the dude actually has to say, the design guy, but what are your guys' thoughts on dark mode? Yeah, it looks awesome. I love dark I mean, mode. I use it. Big fan. Isn't that so much better? So much better. Well, you used well, it for what? I dark mode on my phone, like enabled for the last like four or five months. And yeah. For sure. I you know, do too. I love it personally, but on the, our app, it looks awesome. I've never seen it on an app before. And what? Yeah, yeah me neither. Yeah, that looks really crisp. I mean, I think it's night and day for us. And what do you so guys think better. about the logo? Uh, what? No, have you looked at uh, 
all the logos. We still have to choose one. Yeah, Dan, I forgot to tell you. I had, I like overlooked the one that I like the best now. I didn't even notice it when I was in the car and I looked again. Wait, so wait, which one? I'm I'm going on there right now. Which one? Are you talking about? I'm going to show you guys right now. Tell me the number. No, for buffs. Corey, go on right now. This one. This one. The one that looks like low Dell. Like it might be the exact same logo. Yeah. Exactly, well, Corey. No, it's kind of problematic. Corey, do you click the link on Open Talk? Though. Yeah. Do you see it? That that yeah, has no, all, all like out. are I've the ones. Yeah. Oh, you did. What 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 number I did you like? For... Hold on a sec. Yeah, M- Mike, that's your favorite one. I really like that too. I actually. Yep. In terms of. Yeah, in terms of like a logo that's dope, if we don't get copyright infringement from it, of course, like Corey said, that's exactly what came to mind was Beats by Dre when I saw that. And I was like, damn, are we able to use this? Oh, it looks crisp as shit. I'm looking at the Beats by Dre but, logo right now. It's definitely not that at all. It's obviously, I see why you guys think that it does look a lot like it, but it wouldn't be copyright infringement. I mean, I think this is phenomenal. Like, I, I think it's yeah, I like game changing, really, for moment. buffs. I switch it to that one. When? Yeah, me too. Well, I'm only seeing one That's mode weird. on there for that one. I see one of you guys voted for the HB, like which is two below oh, it. Maybe it. In the six three three. That might have been like I like that one a lot maybe too. Oh, like, this I is. For that. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. When I was looking through these, I was like, "Holy shit." There's like 30 logos that even choosing the finals and, you know, there were a lot of other ones that we kind of had to be like, all right, this is okay, but not great. But there's a lot on here that really are really good. You think so? I do think so. Well, yeah, besides that, besides that, it's, uh, I guess I wanted to dive in with you guys about the, all the fun content we're working on. It's pretty crazy to think about last year, this time we were relying on Google and Comcast television commercials to try to generate orders, which we saw firsthand was not actually doing anything for us. So what are your guys' thoughts now on this complete 180 change of direction with us creating all of our own content that we're really trying to hit home with here with these students coming back? It's pretty crazy, yeah, isn't it? It is. I just love that we're trying something new and, like like the book that we read this week, it's just we're constantly adapting, and we really have adapted in every single way, you know, from from inception. So it's yeah, I love it. It's different, and I think it's a good strategy, and I think it showcases the brand and the people behind it, obviously, which is great for us. Yeah, Dan. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just really excited to see some of these things come to fruition. I know they all are; they're starting to on like a small level, but I know. Like behind the scenes, there's some, you know, next quality videos that are being worked on. And I can't wait to well, Dan, do you start want to divulge for the things, listeners like, what we're talking finished. about here? I mean, not really. I want things to kind of just start coming out. Gotcha. I'm not going to say much. I, I, I just, no hint, no hints for the audience? But, all right. The one thing I am going to hint is this podcast is about to get way sexier. Boom, baby. And I don't oh, mean yeah. like there's no one new coming on the podcast. It's just us three. But for it's now. about to be – it's going to be – well, yeah, we're going to start having guests. Yes. But we're, it's about to get spicy. Like we're going to do all the, all the right things. Yep. 
what, yeah, like you're going to listen to it and be like, whoa, like what was that noise I just heard out of nowhere? And you know what I mean? Like shit's about to just happen. It's going to be great. Yeah, we are in the uh, roaring 20s. And on that note, uh, we're actually, my food is arriving from BurgerFi. Wow. Uh, you, you guys have anything else you want to discuss here before we dive into food comas? You know, I kind of had like a handful of other things I, w- I was going to say about the Bob Igar book. I don't know how short we want to keep those. I just had other things I found interesting that I thought people like, first off, I think, and obviously we'll evolve on this whole concept of reviewing books as we go on. So it is what it is, but you know, just in terms of like, I think most people don't even realize and would find it interesting that Disney owns Fox, Hulu, and ESPN. I think a lot of people know they own Fox, but I know a lot of people don't know Disney owns Hulu. And just the whole notion of like Disney Plus, where you also get access to Hulu and ESPN, it's kind of cool. But the, the other thing that was just crazy in the book was when Bob found out about the Orlando shooting. I think he was in Shanghai at the time. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I think it was like right before he was about to open the park or something. And he finds out about the club, at the Orlando shooting, a bunch of Disney employees were there and he decided to close Disney for the day. It, it, like the whole chain of events there. It was like the well, first was, time. Uh, I think that was 9-11 when he closed the parks. I think you're right. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Corey. You are right, yep. yeah. But I thought I know what you're talking about, and I actually was thinking about the DoorDash situation when you brought it up earlier, because he had a system in place where he would get notified when anything happened to any single employee in his company. He would there was like a system where he was notified. And I was thinking that before when you were talking about DoorDash. See, I yeah. think the difference with that Corey is that they were actually part of his family employees. Like that would be like one of us. I think these independent contractors, it's a much different train of thought legally. It has to be. Like they can't even have that type of connection. Well, that's definitely true. Yeah. The other thing that, the other thing that was wild was uh, the crocodile when the crocodile, oh, I'll wait for some rice down here. We got a live delivery going on folks. I love that. Yeah. Every time we have a live delivery going on with Mike, is it? It's always such a dialogue. Like, what could you be talking about right now? Oh, I'm dying. <laughs> like, Mike's still on the phone trying to just tell a guy, like, yeah, you're here. I love when this happens in, like, part of my part of my day. They're like, oh, this is just bad radio. <laughs> and guys, if you ever want to get into Mike Nolan's apartment, it's pound one five one five. Seriously. <laughs> uh, yeah, but what I was saying was, yeah. Well, we we were listening, we were waiting. It's but, just uh, crazy. Yeah. these drivers, if like a lot of them for these companies, they stopped using their brain. They think GPS is also the customer. <laughs> where it's like, where am I here? It's like, why are you asking me where you are? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's crazy. But um, no, the one thing, the the last thing I'll say is when Bob called the parents of the kid who got eaten by the crocodile or whatever at the park, and yeah, that kind of I guess shows what kind of guy he is. But yeah, that that's all I gotta say about Bob. I'm excited to cover other people. Bob was definitely not one of the self-made men. I think that's important to touch on real quick. You know, we're gonna 
summarize these books and hopefully make people want to read them too because they're awesome. But Bob, unlike a lot of the other people who have really interesting stories, and don't get me wrong, Bob is a great story. He started as one of those bottom guys and it's a classic American feel-good story of a guy who worked his way up and became CEO of Disney. He's not the founder. He, he didn't start the company and you know it's a little bit different than a Steve Jobs or an Elon Musk type. And he's and not Phil to- Jackson either. Let's be real. Yeah. Yeah, let's Let's see if we can get any listeners to read 11 rings. And when they tune in next week, they'll be like, oh yeah, that was sick because this is, we're going to start a thing here. People got to read more and we're going to tell people about awesome books and hopefully they want to read them too, because we're all reading a book a week. So everyone should do it too. Hey, over your heads out. I'm going to put on my Insta stories right now, actually about, I'm going to tell everyone, listen, start following yeah, along really with well. the book club. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite part about that book in general is just that, it was like, it was so much more different than your typical business book where like self-help and like, it was just a great story and it was an easy read. It was awesome. For sure. It was just super interesting. Yeah. We're going to cover some dominant books. It's going to be kind of cool. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. And we'll kind of, we'll like perfect the formula of how we like go over it and how we summarize it. So people are like, Oh man, this is like, Really, really interesting shit. And I'm sure we'll get some feedback from like Jeff Dorman on this. He's probably our only listener right now. I love it. Hey, he's probably like, like read a book every week. And they're just going to ruin it for me because I'm not going to finish it. <laughs> but yeah, we'll just touch on it. So, you know, I was just telling Mike that shout out to Jeff Dorman because he's like our only listener. <laughs> yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll probably give us some feedback on our. Jeff, yeah, Jeff's definitely – he's been the best with this. It'll be like the yeah. Brian Bloom of B-Town menus with that first order. We'll look back and Jeff will be one of millions of listeners hopefully. It's funny because you always like listen to people and they talk about at the beginning of their podcast. Like, oh, yeah, the only listener is probably like my mom right now. Our parents are definitely not listening to this at all. Like, of course I tried, not. I, I, yeah, I've said it to them three, four times. We're like, oh yeah, I can't wait to listen to it. It's like, what do you mean? I just sent it to you. Listen it's to like it. a musician that like plays music and their parents are like, oh yeah, your songs are great. It's like, which one did you like? Uh, <laughs> the third one. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. All right. Good stuff, well, guys. Enjoy your dinners. Take care. Bootstrapped in the trenches, making moves going all out. Every day handle business. You know that the hustle don't stop. Got my team, let's get it. Reviewing books and talk stocks. Steady, keep it moving. So you gon' wanna tune in. Get low down, it's an app. Get local food on demand. Delivery right to your home. Everything in the palm of your hand. Took hard work and dedication. Come through, join the conversation. This is history up in the making. We just wanna be an inspiration. Hey, let's go.
strapped in the trenches Making moves going all out Every day handle business You know that the hustle don't stop Got my team, let's get it Reviewing books and talk stocks Steady keep it moving So you gon' wanna tune in Get Lowdown, it's an app Get local food on demand Delivery right to your home Everything in the palm of your hand Took hard work and dedication Come through, join the conversation This is history up in the making We just wanna be an inspiration Hey, let's go